Well, good morning. God bless you. It's podcast day here with Pastor Rich. I hope your week is off to a good start. Uh, Tuesday morning here in Palm Coast. It's a beautiful day. And I want to get right into this uh, teaching today, but I want to pray for you first. So uh, get your Bible, get your pen, get your notepad, and get ready and hold on. Let me pray. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we come to you now and we ask you for help today. I pray, Lord, for help. I I pray, Lord, that our hope is restored today. Uh, One of the greatest things you've given us is the ability to hope. So I pray, Lord, that hope would be restored, that our hope would be stirred and shaken and rise back uh, to the to a top level or to a level of godliness in Jesus' mighty name. I pray, Lord, that this power that you've given us in hope would begin to operate, begin to work, begin to shine once again in Jesus' mighty name. And I pray and come against any ungodly influence, any ungodly attacks in our lives. And I just bind to every person listening, uh, let today be a good day. I just prophesy over you uh, health, strength, peace, and joy in Jesus' mighty name. And just shrug off, shake off, you know, throw off, cast off uh, every ungodly pressure, every ungodly weight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, God bless you once again. I love you. I, I covet these times together. Uh, I keep threatening to do an, a, um, a second podcast day or maybe even a third or a fourth or daily. Uh, however, we haven't got there yet in my schedule, but we have today. Amen. Turn, take your Bible. Let's go with, I want to deal with, last week, you know, I started off and I said, what in the world is going on with our world or what's happening uh, in our world? And and I kind of still feel the same way. And we could probably say that until we're raptured. What's going on in our world? However, uh, we can't be shocked by it because uh, Jesus prepared us for it. Not only our prophets, but our Messiah, our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the Christ, our Christ, our Savior. Uh, he told us these things would come. And he also told us not to be frightened or fearful or don't get worried about it uh, because we have a promise from him. Amen. Uh, but I don't want to get too much into the world today. We know what's happening. Uh, we know if you uh, were in these services last week with Dr. Barclay, uh, he dealt with Ezekiel uh, 38, 39. He dealt with Revelation, the book of Revelation. Uh, he dealt with so many different scriptures, Matthew, I believe, 24, kind of paraphrasing through it all. Uh, but uh, mainly he dealt with where we're at with Russia and Ukraine. And we know uh, now clearly that that's the, what the Bible refers to as Gog and Magog. If you weren't here, please get the teachings. They're pre-recorded. Uh, on, they're on our social media. They're on our website, newwaychurchfl.com, or you can contact the church. But um, he dealt with Gog, the battle of Gog and Magog. It's not Gog against Magog. It's Gog. Uh, the leader of Magog, and Magog is Russia. So whoever the present leader of Russia is, is Gog. That's just a reference to, so it's been many leaders, but it's always been Magog, the the, the state or the nation of Russia. And uh, God, the, the big thing we need to know is God is not happy with Gog or Magog. And when God's not happy with you, you have problems. Uh, what do we do? What what can we do as believers for Ukraine? We can continue to pray, pray, pray. Uh, we, there are accounts and um, even, I mean, not sightings, but uh, true time accounts that God has intervened uh, with fire from heaven, uh, with ability from heaven in this war. So you keep praying, God will keep, uh, you know, answering our prayer. Amen. 
Uh, what about the rest of the world? What's going on? Well, go get Dr. Barclay's three-day teaching while he was here. It was very in-depth, uh, very um, uh, biblically um, sophisticated, if you will, but clear. And it'll really help you concerning these last days. But I want to talk about today is what's going on with the church. I mean, you know, we know we got problems with the world, and that was prophesied. We even know we're going to have problems with the church. That was prophesied. But let's look at some things um, just concerning that and kind of like find our way uh, uh, through these last days. Um, I think it's uh, well said we're in a, a last days. Uh, Dr. Barclay referred to it as a maze and that the Lord would give us help through this last day's maze or the Holy Spirit. So we got to kind of figure these last days out concerning, you know, where where do we fit in? What do we got to watch out for? You know, what are some pitfalls for us? Uh, the severe believer, are there pitfalls for us? And on and on it goes. So if you would turn with me uh, first to 2 Timothy 4. I love these uh, warnings that God has given uh, to, to Pastor, young Pastor Timothy through Paul. Uh, I love the, the warnings to the church and Thessalonica uh, that Paul wrote and warnings and preparation uh, to these end times. But there's a lot here for us today, and it was written prophetically, meaning the Holy Spirit, even though the Holy Spirit um, you know, spoke through Paul, he was still pointing his finger uh, even as, as he showed up on the scene in Acts 2, he still, one of his assignments uh, was to lead us and guide us into all truth. So his finger was still pointed uh, towards the rapture of the church or toward these last days, uh, preparing us because he's the preparer or, or the leader and guider into all truths. So this is very important for us today. But the Bible says here, 3 and 4, for the time will come where they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Now, I want to deal with uh, itching ears first. And if we were to d take a moment, really dig deep and define this uh, with Greek uh, terms, definitions, and other scripture, we could come to the conclusion uh, very simply and correctly, and, and say, I've already heard that. So itching ears would be, I've already heard that. Um, uh, I don't want to hear that anymore. I want to hear something different. Now, now, as we come on, get this in your spirit, and you're going to kind of see the mirror, not of every church, but a lot of the modern day churches, this is a mirrored image of the attitude or the spirit of that church. And what, and what the, a lot of churches have done in ignorance or incorrectly, uh, they have, uh, you know, scratched this itch of those wayward believers. And these wayward believers are now controlling uh, pastors and complete ministries with their desire to want what they want. Hey, the church was never created to give the church, the body, the people what they want. We were created to give them what God told us to give them. We were created to feed them. That's what God said, feed my sheep, protect my sheep, you know, watch over my sheep. And our job is to convey the truth to them, not to modify it, uh, to say something they want or something uh, to okay their sin or their loose lifestyle. Come on, preaching good already. But it's, uh, once again, itching ears, I've already heard that. I want to hear something else, something different. 
Um, and they, they now, if we study this out, what they really wanted is something modern uh, to fit the modern culture. So the itching years back then uh, were to fit something different then, but let's just look at today. It would be something like, um, uh, let me think about this for a second. Uh, Ten years ago, you could see where the culture has changed from 10 years ago to present day. So 10 years ago, they wanted to hear something that was completely and totally different than what they want today. Because as things, as you've seen this, things, uh, you know, people, things, sin has come out of the closet in many shapes and forms. You know, when I was a kid, just back to the 70s, you know, I was born in 1971. I really grew up in the 80s, but I remember a lot in the tail end of the 70s. Uh, so on and so forth. But uh, even in my day, uh, in my childhood, we in culture still hid certain sins. There were things that were accepted by culture. I remember in the 70s and 80s, people drank and and, uh, would drink with an open container. And that was okay till they passed laws. Um, But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like people, homosexuality, um, drug addiction, uh, you know, certain what we would deem, uh, you know, real deep, you know, higher level of sin, if you will, that that was hidden or, or we were embarrassed or our conscience uh, still, you know, would tell us, hey, that's not right. You know, you ought to be embarrassed. You ought to hide that. But now we've come to a time where so many things are out in the open. It's like, you know, blatant sin right before the the, the eyes of you know, society, the eyes of God. And it's like, I don't, you know, if you don't like it too bad, once again, reference to Jude, uh, the spirit of Cain. I knew Cain knew better, knew how to do it, knew what was right, uh, did what was right at one time, but then got to a place in his life, I believe due to his surroundings, uh, you know, something uh, ungodly penetrated his soul then touched his soul, uh, seeds of, of mistruth, lies, doctrine, something. Uh, that that begin to grow in him to where he got to the place to he said where Cain said, "I know what's right. I know what I'm about to do is wrong, but I really don't care. I'm going to do it anyway." Uh, that's what we're talking about here. This modified, you know, our, our season we're living in is this uh, right in your face sin. If you don't like it, too bad. But if you speed it up to today, this is progressive. So it's not like they wanted something different in in Timothy's day, and then that's what they wanted. No, this is pointing towards the end, or this is growing. This is this is a moving uh, meaning or a moving warning that the Holy Spirit gave the church that this would progress with the culture, with the times. So let's put it to our culture and our time. Now, I've been around the church my whole life. Uh, you know, I don't remember how, how many weeks I was before my mother brought me to a little Baptist church. But I sat, I, I was laid in a Baptist church as a little uh, a little baby, you know, on the pew, under the pew to sleep. I grew up, I am a, I am a complete and total product of, of church attendance, of a church lifestyle. Uh, whether good, bad, you know, great churches, not so great, that's where I grew up. So uh, I'm here to tell you, I know a little about the church. Now in ministry, I started in 1993 preaching uh, the gospel. Uh, I've had some ups and downs in life. But I've now severely uh, been preaching the gospel over two decades plus. 
So it's not like I'm a novice. I just showed up. We could say close to three decades now uh, in, in, in ministry, in full-time ministry, the majority of those years, and on and on it goes. So when I talk about the church, I don't talk about it as a novice, or I don't talk about it as a, a person in the closet not seeing or knowing what's happening in church society today. So let's look at some of the modern uh, day uh, culture in the modern day culture in the church. Now, I'm not about good God culture. I'm talking about uh, you know backslidden culture because this is what this is really dealing with. A person that's plugged in hot on fire for God is not looking for a, a, an easier doctrine. They're not looking for an easier scripture. Uh, no, they they want something hotter. They they want the, the hottest truth, the most severe truth. Because that's the, the, what we've created, the desire in our soul, in our heart, our spirit's hot for God. Come on now, say amen if that's you. But if we look at some of these churches that are, are misguided, that are under the spirit of this, uh, where people by numbers have dictated to a pastor or leadership, hey, this is what we want, and that pastor and or leadership complied, what have they complied to? Well, I'm here to tell you this morning, amen? Uh, they, they want uh, a loose Christianity because they want a loose lifestyle. The, the problem is with a loose lifestyle, loose Christianity, uh, that means their conscience is still uh, sensitive. However, they want to change the rules uh, so, that, so the part that tells you you're wrong or you feel bad doesn't work or it's not as deep anymore. Can I say that a little better? Uh, when Hey, there's an old saying, let your conscience be your guide. When your conscience tells you that, uh, hey, uh, you, uh, this is wrong, we shouldn't do that. Uh, that that's an agitator. That, that That's the way it was created. It agitates you. And when you do something wrong, it just kind of stirs in you for a while. Then it passes. That's what your conscience does. So a lot of these backslidden believers who have got around wrong messages, wrong people, wrong doctrine, wrong friends, you know, on and on it goes, and, and they've kind of liked that loose, loose lifestyle. They don't like the agitation of that conscience guiding them. So if we change the rules uh, or if we kind of water down and we give a, a okay to certain sins in a sense... Now, I don't have to go through that agitation or feel bad uh, pl uh, place in my sinful nature because I've made it less than. I, I've, I've corrected it. Uh, come on, I'm preaching pretty good. So let's say, hey, uh, today, wine drinking, and I'm not going to get in a debate or an argument uh, <coughs> with what Jesus you know, was that alcoholic wine wasn't it? you know obviously if you want to drink alcoholic wine uh, you don't there's no room in you to hear uh, the truth or or to study the bible concerning alcoholic wine so i'm i don't want to debate this with you and i'm not telling you, you can't do it i'm just giving you bible uh, direct bible uh, meanings and terms today you do what you want with it so uh, modern day culture to be cool and to fit in with the culture today, you got to like casually drink wine in certain settings. You know, you, you, they got these new beers now. Uh, I don't drink beer. I haven't had anything to drink in over 26, 7, 8 years. Uh, I could do a better timeline, but at least 27-ish years. 
haven't had any alcohol. Uh, but to fit in modern, when I, by what I was going to say is when I was drinking, you had like four or five choices of beer. Well, now they got uh, all these sophisticated, modernized, uh, don't look so bad, uh, you know, kind of grainy, healthy looking beer. Well, that's just the, the ploy of Satan uh, to get people off. Come on now. He paints a certain picture that doesn't exist. But this is what culture says. So when church people uh, don't want to leave culture because they, they've got such a strong tie or bond toward or to a certain culture, they want to start amending the scriptures because they want God. They truly love God. Uh, they truly they want to go to heaven. No one wants to get, that knows about heaven and hell wants to go to hell. Uh, in ignorance, you might, but not truly. Uh, however, they're not willing to, to let go of soul ties, friendships, relationships, or the present day culture. So what they do is tell people like me, severe preachers, and there's a lot of me. Hey, don't think, I don't single myself out and like, oh, I'm the only one, I'm the savior. Well, no, it would shock you to know how many thousands and ten thousands and probably hundred thousands of severe preachers preaching the same thing. They just may not have a, a large platform to where you can hear it eat, eat, you know, openly and freely, but they're here. God's got severe people on this planet uh, raising up a severe believer. Say amen to that. But these people will come to someone like me and they'll start saying uh, to someone like me, uh, they're just behind the times. Uh, they're behind the culture. They, they never, you know, they're old fashioned uh, they're set in their ways. Uh, they're just strict or they're just prude. Well, what they're really saying is he's a truth bearer. I don't want the whole truth. I just want to, you know, just a partial truth because I want my sin. And when he preaches like he preaches, he makes my life look bad. He makes me feel bad. Well, of course I do, because I'm talking to your your inner being and your conscience is not seared at this point. I don't want to get into that. So your conscience is, is, is touchable or, or it's sensitive, rather, or it's a, at least uh, speaking to you still. Uh, and when you get around me and you hear the truth and I undergird uh, the truth in your life, that conscience comes back and says, see, I told you this is wrong. We got to get free from this culture. We got to get free from this way. And on and on it goes. Let's pause for a second. Let's think about this. Uh, Lot takes his family as a holy man, as a God people. They take his family. He, you know, Abraham says, Lot, where do you want to go? He stands on the mountain. He sees this uh, going and blowing, you know, state of the art, new cultural, on the, on the edge of uh, new culture, uh, you know, growth life. And he says, I want to go down there. The grass is greener over there. Now, when he gets there, he's not an evil man, but when he gets within that culture, that culture, that culture, culture begins to wash and renew the way he thinks, wash his mind, uh, renew his mind. Now, not washing it in a good way. They're washing the good out and they're replacing it with filth to the point where uh, Lot himself was compromised and Lot began to think in the, in the way of the culture that he placed himself in the middle of. Come on, preaching pretty good. In so much, it cost him half of his family, his wife and two daughters, and it, it cost him everything that God had for him. He became a cursed man because he, he positioned himself 
around cursed information, and it penetrated his being in so much that he took on a cursed mindset. Uh, he took on a cursed doctrine. Come on, I'm preaching pretty good. But let's get back to this now. You know, Pastor Summerlin, he, he's got to be a cult because he dresses proper, he, you know, does his hair proper. You know, he's got to be uh, angry and mean and judgmental because he's a truth bearer. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about all the men and women of God uh, that are like Pastor Kim and I. Uh, no, let's just call it what it is. We won't bend concerning the truth of God's word. And you get mad because you don't want to come up to a level of godliness of sound doctrine. So therefore, you're going to go find someone who will change God's word for you uh, to make it appealing to your sin or make it appealing to your sinful nature that you're right in the middle of today. And I got a lot of people. I got people that left me, left this church. They know it, they shouldn't have left. But in their eyes, it was too hard for them because they weren't willing to lay down their sinful nature. So they find a sin church, still call me pastor, but go to this other church because this other church makes it easy for them to sin. Hey, let me help you. I'm not going to make it easy for you to sin. I'm trying to get you into heaven and on and on it goes. Now, let, let me go get through the scripture. Hope I'm helping somebody. Uh, so they wanted a new, modified, modern, culture-driven word. It looks like a lot of, not all the mega churches, but it looks like a lot. We see them more, so it's kind of easier to pick on them because they got the platforms, the TV platforms, the social, they got the money. When you got, you know, 50,000 people, 20,000 people, you have the money to be online or TV and on and on it goes. So you got the culture driven church and you have, you can see what they're doing, how they're doing it. Well, they've changed uh, some things in order to keep the culture. If you, if you are bound uh, it's impossible for you to set someone free as a preacher. Uh, a bond person can't set a bond person free. A free person can cut a bound person free. Uh, but come on now, on and on it goes. Uh, so anyhow, uh, we see these culture-driven churches, which I don't think it's wrong to have a modern edge as long as you don't let the, the present culture infiltrate the doctrine of your ministry <clears throat> or... Uh, you begin to adapt to like you have the walls painted fixed a certain way i don't even think the lights are bad you know the dim lights and the smoke the problem i have with it the dim lights the smoke and all that is uh some of us did go through seasons of life where we were in the club and in the bar including me there was a couple of years of my life where i, I kind of got a little wacky and uh when i go into a church that looks like the bar i came out of I'm kind of like concerned is what what are we trying to say with this atmosphere? Now, I know a lot of you think that's a heavenly atmosphere, but if you go read your Bible, uh, the light of Jesus Christ is going to shine or bright. The, the, the glory of God is going to shine and, and lighten up heaven like no other light you've ever seen. So there's not going to be a dark, uh, you know, smoky room with some pretty little colored lights uh, you know, hitting the rays of smoke. That, that's not biblical. That, that doesn't portray heaven. That doesn't portray the anointing. Come on, I'm preaching pretty good. So what are we mimicking? What are we trying to say? Who are we trying to reach with this? People that come out of darkness, they want light. They don't want to go back into the darkness. I came out of that atmosphere. I don't want to go back into it. I don't want to be reminded of it. 
Come on now, I'm preaching. So we got to be careful with who we're glorifying or the message we're sending with this modern, you you type, uh, you know, a new thing in the church. Amen. Preaching pretty good. But then it goes on and it talks about fables in, in verse four. They want to go from the truth to fables. And that word fables means fairy tales or, or false. Or uh, can I give you just an image in closing? I heard this. I don't remember. I think it was Rick Renner years ago. And he took, there was paintings uh, off of, uh, I believe, now don't quote me, but a very early church. Let's just say, uh, I don't know when paint or painting, so on and so forth, uh, with colors or uh, what what century, but let's just say the, the 12th century-ish. And he had paintings, and they were beautiful. They were in the, they would line the beautiful churches uh, over in, in uh, Greece and in uh, uh, Russia, in the Ukraine, like different areas over in uh, the Europe country, so on and so forth. And at one point in time, let's just say uh, uh, Russia, at one point in time, uh, when communism took over, uh, all these beautiful, these pictures, even though they portrayed something, they were beautiful, but they, they were truthful. So there was a lot of hurt in these pictures and a lot of truth. But they, they were hung in churches to show, so show different timelines of the church, time frames of the church, and on and on it goes. Well, the real pictures were destroyed and replaced with prettier pictures, better colors, uh, fancier, and on and on it goes. But what was what replaced it was completely and totally false and never happened. But what happened is evil people, communists, didn't want the culture coming to know what really was. They wanted to paint a different picture for them so they never knew the pain that that nation had gone through. I hope this makes sense. So the the pictures now that hang in, hang in the churches are so beautiful, delicate, elegant, but they have no actual meaning at all. They're just fairy tales. So they would paint you know pictures of of uh, beautiful times with beautiful outfits on and beautiful uh, buggies and wagons and beautiful and mystical you know, uh, different beings and so on and animals and so on and, and so forth. But it was completely false and wrong. Now you can paint those things and you can call it, you know, just say, Hey, uh, this is make believe this is, you know, just something, but that's not what they were saying. They were saying, this is really what happened when it wasn't. So that's what the Bible saying here. It says they want to go from truth. Come on back to the backslidden type or, or those living on a slippery slope. They want to go not only from the truth to fables, they want to erase the truth, what they originally heard, and they want to replace it with something that feels good or something that stamps an approval on their present life that, yes, you're a Christian, yes, it's all right to live in sin, and here's your stamp of approval so that you know God's happy with you, God loves you, and you're still going to heaven. Uh, That, my friend, is a fairy tale. There's no truth in that. Uh, uh, yes, God has done everything he can do and made every way available for the believer, but he's laid the parameters and the lines of Christianity so plain and so clear that a lot of people want to just erase those lines. Well, you can't. Uh, God, there's one way to heaven through Jesus Christ. If you don't know him, call on him today. Say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want to live for you. That's as simple as that. I give my life to you. 
Uh, God said, be holy as I am holy. God said, come out from among them. Be separate, touch not the unclean thing. the, The things that God has said, the quotes of Jesus the declarations of Jesus, the, the one-liners of Jesus uh, were so clear to the body of Christ, yet we got to always overstep our bounds and try to stretch them, or another you know, term I always say, amend the scriptures to say something they don't say so that we can feel a certain way about our sin. No, come out from sin, uh, come out from darkness, Come, uh, be separate, touch not the ungodly thing. Uh, it's all right there in your scripture. Can someone say amen? I hope this is helping you. Uh, now, now, don't become a judge. Don't start judging other ministries and, you know, judging smoke and light shows and judging, you know, people who teach, preach false. Uh, just know it, stay away from it. But it's not your job now to go on online or anywhere else and judge them. But you better know the truth. And it's time now uh, to re-engage in the true things of God and get ourselves clean and be ready for the Messiah when he comes back uh, to rapture us. Well, I hope this was a blessing to you. I love these times together. Went a little longer today. Gave you a little extra uh, today, a little bonus uh, but let me pray as we close. Uh, once again, uh, help us if you feel led to. Uh, you can, uh, you know, sow uh, into this ministry, richardsummerlin.com. Uh, you know, we send money into missions and other ministries all over the world. We help wherever God tells us to help or newwaychurchfl.com. Lord, thank you now as we go. May this word touch our heart. Uh, may this word stretch us, grow us. May it be a blanket to us of comfort. Uh, may it not be a judge or a, a, a something that would cause hurt or offense, but rather may it just be a warm blanket uh, of love. And may it uh, help us go into a deeper relationship with our God. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen and God bless you. See you next week. <laughs>